it just feels so powerful when you're doing something that you, first of all, don't think you can do, or it's such a, a goal that's far out there. And then the sense of accomplishment when you do it. Welcome to The Work in Between, the podcast that explores the topics and daily actions that get us to our health-related goals, whether you're trying to lose weight, get more fit, or improve your mental, emotional, or spiritual health, you're in the right place. In 2021, I was diagnosed with diabetes and was morbidly obese. I was already a three-time cancer survivor, so I knew I had to do something to turn my life around. So I did. I lost over 100 pounds and began transforming my life inside and out. I'm living my most purposeful and intentional life, and I want you to live yours too. Thanks for stopping by. I'm glad you're here. I'm your host, Gretchen Holmes, and this is The Work In Between. Welcome to another episode of Transformational Stories, the series where I talk with guests who have made the decision to transform their lives physically, mentally, emotionally, and or spiritually. I'm always incredibly honored and humbled to talk with them about their journeys. Sometimes our transformations are obvious. We lose weight, people notice. However, sometimes transformations are more internal, less visible, more subtle, but may have even bigger payoffs. Maybe we're in a bad marriage, or we're in a great marriage, but we're always a mom or dad or a partner first and put ourselves last. Maybe somewhere along the way, it finally registers that we need to start focusing more on ourselves in order to emerge with purpose. Today's show is about coming to the realization that we have somehow lost ourselves along the way and need to reclaim our power, our strength, and our lives. Does any of this resonate with you? I bet it does, because it resonates with me. Today's guest is Lisa Rue. In her professional life, she's a registered nurse and is the Director of Quality, Risk, and Patient Safety at a community hospital. She also holds an MBA. In her personal life, she's one of the coolest women I know, and I'm thrilled to have her join me. So welcome, my friend. I'm so excited. Thank you. I am more than honored to be here. I view this as an extension of our office conversations. <laughs> That's a great way to think about it. We do have a lot of conversations throughout the time that we spend at work. And Lisa is one of the really amazing people that I am lucky enough to work with. So you found yourself in a situation that I think a lot of folks do. We've kind of lost our sense of self. So I'm going to ask you to start at the beginning, wherever that is for you. Where does your story start? Where do you even want to begin this conversation? I think a good place to start is where the journey where I really think that I lost myself and it was getting into a relationship that I gave up myself slowly in an order to honestly to feel love to get love I felt that I had to do that and it was a 14-year relationship that I slowly didn't recognize who I was 
I knew that I was losing myself, but I didn't stop it. So how did you know? What did that even look like? Some of the things that I did wasn't me. Some of the things I gave up, I was giving up part of me. It was somebody who wasn't nice, put it bluntly. And, you know, I did what I could to, for lack of a better term, make them like me. Mm-hmm. That was important to me to have him like me. And I did what I could to get him to like me, even if that meant giving myself up. So for example, what did that look like? Sorry, I have to think about that one. That's a tough one. It's crazy because when I think about that, it was so subtle that if you ask me to give an example, I struggle with that because it was really subtle. I know sometimes we do things like there might have been activities that we always enjoyed that were really important to us or people and friends that we always really like to spend time with. And then very slowly, sometimes we start giving that up. So if our thing was to go to the gym or go to the beach or go to the a coffee shop and read the New York Times on Saturday mornings, And then slowly we start giving up things that give us joy. Does that resonate? Yes. And this is where, as far as an example, like I'm trying to think of one, you know, major moment, but it was the little, the chipping away, the little giving up. Well, I'm not going to go see my friend this time because I know he gets a little upset when I go and see her. So I'm not going to do that, you know, and it was, again, just slowly chipping it wasn't a big like defining moment because i think that's an easier thing for us to recognize you know if it's a defining moment you're like well no i'm not going to do that but when it's like this slow chip you know what's happening but yet it doesn't seem so bad so it's like oh wait a minute 14 years later wait who am i and i think the other thing that contributed to it to be honest is i got married young my first marriage i was 21. And I was young and I had three kids when I was 23, 25, 28. So I got divorced when I, the first time when I was 40, but immediately went into a relationship. I never took the time to center myself after that. Mm. And I went right into another relationship. I just didn't take the time to make sure that I was whole that and honestly because you know when you have kids you you don't focus on anything but them but to make sure I knew who I was as well I think it's really important to be able to take the time to do that but I also think sometimes it's really hard to even know what to do what does that even mean to center yourself to maybe go talk to a therapist and see why we allowed ourselves to go down those roads. But the easier thing sometimes is to walk out of one relationship and then walk into another one, I think, because frankly, that may be emotionally, spiritually, mentally kind of where we are and that fulfills some needs. And it's in some ways, I think easier than doing all that other work to figure out, wait a minute, what happened? That's our comfort. This is what I know. I know good, bad, or indifferent. I know how to be in a relationship. And I know how to give. Yes. A lot. Yes. Right. Yeah. But don't ask me to take. I can't do it. How odd is this? I've always thought this. It makes me feel vulnerable to accept presence, to 
accept anything from somebody. I would prefer just to give because that's easy for me. I know how to do it. I'm in my comfort zone. Don't ask me to receive. You know, I'm always surprised at compliments or, you know, somebody to give a gift. It just makes me uncomfortable. Is that still the case? A little bit, yeah. Yeah, yeah I, I don't know that that'll ever leave me. Yeah. <laughs> it's just who, you know, who I am. But yeah. And I think that there's a lot of people out there like that, though. That's their comfort zone to give. I think there's a sense of control there. Ooh, yeah, probably so. Yeah, I think so. And you're right. I think sometimes receiving makes us feel very vulnerable. But I do think when we are the ones who are always giving, always giving, that we like that sense of control. But that's probably for another show. <laughs> I think you're right. I think a lot of people will go, yeah, yeah, that's me. That makes sense finally. At what point did you finally figure out that not only had you lost kind of the essence of who you are, but that you wanted to get it back? I think, you know, at some point, the best way I could describe it is I just felt dead inside. It was like I had no feeling, like I was physically and mentally exhausted and I would just sit. That's all I could do mm -hmm. is just sit there and just I'm tired, you know, in every sense of the word. And I knew that I did not want to live like that anymore. I knew I had to, to be honest, I knew I had to go to therapy to help myself because I couldn't have gotten out myself. I didn't know how. Mm -hmm. I had to go to therapy for a couple of months because I didn't know how to help myself. I didn't know how to put myself first. I had no idea. So it was at that moment and going to the therapist and knowing I didn't want to live like that, but I didn't know how to get out. I, I just had no idea. And that's how I was able to even just make that first step is just going to therapy. And because again, knowing I didn't want to live like I was living. I think most of us don't know how to put ourselves back together again. I would agree. Yeah, I had no idea just didn't know what to do. You know? Yeah. And the key, I think is, you know, you take that first step, but you don't know what else to do. I think it's always a great idea to reach out to professionals who can do this because friends are wonderful and family are fantastic, but we all have a role that we play within those relationships too. And I think it's really important to go to an objective person that you don't have any history with so that they really can start helping you emerge and heal and all of that. Because what sometimes happens, and I don't know if this has happened with you or not, but once we start to become more whole again, we start to put ourselves back together again, our roles and our relationships change Yes, because they can't stay the same, right? even if they're good ones. To me, the most important thing is just recognizing that you don't want to live like that anymore. You know, if you talk about a defining moment is, I just don't want to live like that. I can't live like this. I think that's where a lot of us kind of hit that rock bottom. Yes. Whatever that looks like, whether you have weight you want to lose, whether you have drug issues or other addiction issues or whatever your issue is, doesn't matter. We 
tend to have to hit a rock bottom place before we tend to wake up. And my only hope is that we don't have to go too far, but sometimes we do. And then I think somehow we can justify going to get help. Other than going to therapy, how else did you start reclaiming your power and your strength? Because I know you've done some other things. (laughs) I got a job that I've always wanted. Moved to a wonderful, beautiful place. (laughs) And once I moved and was on my own, I started to work out. I started to do functional fitness and I am very dedicated to that. You know, it was so interesting. You know, I remember I started out and of course it's always hard to start because first of all, it's just physical. You know, I don't want to exercise. If I could take a pill to exercise, (laughs) I would totally do that. Yes. No, I don't want to get hot and sweaty. I don't want to get out of my bed that early in the morning. I don't want to, you know, you just don't want to. But starting is always, to me, hard. But it was interesting. The reason I started was really because I was just unhappy with my body. I wanted to get in better shape um, before I was driving three hours a day on top of an eight-hour you know, desk job. It, that's just not good for anybody. And I wasn't exercising. And of course, you know, you just you know, just slowly start to feel not good about yourself in that situation. So my initial was, well, I just want to fit better in my clothes. I want to do this. I want to do that, you know, in being new where I was and really not having any friends at that point. I just thought I would start that. And it was so interesting because the more stronger I got physically, the stronger I got mentally. And it was just so interesting because that was just really an unexpected benefit. And it would be things like, because, you know, a, a single woman in an area that you don't know, it's like, oh, yeah, I could kick somebody's butt, you know, kind of. <laughs> or, you know, I would get packages at the door. I remember I, I live on the second floor of an apartment and I have this 150 pound package that they put at the bottom of the steps. And I can tell you, it felt so powerful. I moved that thing up there by myself. Nice. And it was just gave me just like this sense of power, like, gosh, you know, I can do anything, you know, being, you know, just physically in a better shape. It just gave me that mental confidence as well. I remember the day that I think you were deadlifting mm-hmm. and you showed me a picture. Describe that. I what is my, I think my one rep max, there's a couple of moments. One rep max was, a, I think that day was 165, which was huge for me. It just feels so powerful when you're doing something that you, first of all, don't think you can do, or it's such a, a goal that's far out there. And then the sense of accomplishment when you do it. And there were several things like that when I would work out. And the other one was I climbed a rope. I'm afraid of heights, but that really like just being able to climb that rope, it's, it's conquering. It helped me like conquer fears and then kind of search out, okay, what other goal do I want? Because I can conquer it. You know, I, it just, it really like I said, internally made me feel powerful when I would reach a new goal, 
you know, and I still have ones that I reach. And the thing is, it doesn't have to be like any anything big, like 165 pounds is a lot. And I don't know that I'll try to go much past that because my knees won't take it. <laughs> but, you know, it's like any, you know, I, even if it's just, I'm into rowing on the rower now. And I, did I say I hate to exercise? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but I want to work up to 45 minutes of doing that. And, you know, just reaching that goal and doing it consistently. And there's just so much power in that. And, and it can be a little goal. It can be a big goal. Whatever the goal is, it, doing that physical activity somehow just makes me feel like I can do anything. It's interesting to me how it spreads to other areas of my life. Don't you think it's interesting how showing up for yourself every day, right? You make a promise to yourself to do something. And it could be drink a glass of water every day before you start eating or drinking coffee or whatever. But when you make a commitment to yourself and you keep that commitment, you learn how to trust yourself. And that's very powerful. Yes. It's such an interesting way because I've never thought of it as trusting, but yes, very much trusting myself in that and trusting in my case, trusting as I go into relationships now. Yeah, that has allowed me to trust myself because I am more cognizant of myself. And I think it's so interesting because I, for me anyway, I had lost myself and I am, I found myself and I am so protective of myself because of that. I think, you know, it makes me wonder if I would have never lost myself, would I be so protective? I don't know. Yeah, I think it's very insightful to be so protective of ourselves early on. I think it's something that most of us have to learn. Kudos to anybody who protected themselves and who they are and, you know, what they truly believe they want to do and how they want to be treated and all of that. I think there are people who were very confident and very aware and they did that from the get-go. And I love that and I applaud that. But I think a lot of us had to learn how to do that the hard way. I did the same thing with I very much protect how I eat, which is why I do my best to not let situations dictate to me how I'm supposed to engage with food. I make sure that I am the one who has the power there, which may mean, you know, bringing my lunch every day, which I do, or going to work functions and potlucks, but always making sure that I take care of myself. And for me, I have become hugely protective of that because I know the cards are stacked against me as far as maintaining this weight loss. So I have done that. And so I, that resonates with me that you are so, so protective and that you are making sure that nothing or anyone, no one is going to force you or suggest that you have to give up what you have worked so hard to build. And so I love that part of your story because people sometimes I think think once you reach goals that's it but it's not because now even the harder work sometimes kicks in to maintain or grow yeah 
Absolutely. I think one of the things that I try to do, and, you know, it's just like any, anything else, you know, you have your ebbs and flows, you know, and even working out. I had a period where I stopped for, you know, personal reasons, and I'm getting back into it. It's funny because I think before I would have just stopped. I know I have to get back into working out because I want to tr stay true to myself. Uh -huh. And I also know how that translates into mentally how I feel as well. And I want to feel strong. It's just such a powerful feeling. I have confidence. There's just so many benefits to working out obviously physically but it's the mental benefits that I like <laughs> as well oh agree agree so I always ask every one of my guests at the end of the show what are two or three things small things that we can do to start reclaiming our power or our lives any suggestions I think about what motivated me and what why and I think the most motivating factor and was again just not wanting to live like that and i think paying attention to that is important because you really have to recognize that the next step is and it seems so cliche but it's making that first step you mm -hmm. know for me it was going to see a therapist because not knowing what to do but it's you know, recognizing that I needed to change, that something needed to go forward, and then making a first step, because those are the, to me, the two most important things. I agree with you. I agree with you, because one can't happen without the other. And I think sometimes we think that steps we need to take are very grandiose, and they're not. Sometimes it's being honest with yourself. Sometimes it is finally getting to a space where you can see what's happening or you can at least acknowledge that you don't like what's happening. Those are critical steps. And so I think we all can benefit from paying attention, truly paying attention to whether we are happy in our place, in our space, or not, because we are really talented at justifying and rationalizing, <laughs> right? So oh, I am the master. <laughs> yeah, well, I think we're all really talented at that. And so there is something incredibly powerful about what you just said, about realizing that you do not want to be in this space anymore, in this place. And then taking the next step to go get some help to figure out how to put yourself back together. So I find them very powerful. Yeah, because nothing else happens if you don't do those first two things. Agreed. You know, Lisa, this was such an interesting conversation to have. And I think it's one that needs to be had. So the fact that we got to have it and you were my guest to have this conversation. I'm just incredibly grateful that we were able to do this. So thank you for coming on the show. I know that we're going to have lots more conversations, but thank you for being so honest and vulnerable and courageous because this is a story that I know is going to resonate. So thank you. 
Well, thank you so much for having me. I feel honored that you asked me. What about you? What resonated with you the most about Lisa's story? What else would you like to know? I'd love to hear from you. So send me your questions or comments at www.gretchenholmesphd.com where you can find my previous podcasts along with additional information to help you on your journey to good health. You can also sign up for podcast alerts and upcoming events. Finally, from me to you, remember to love and celebrate yourself now, today. Don't wait until you feel worthy. You already are. Loving yourself is the only way to good health. Until next time. The information on this podcast is not intended nor implied to be a substitute for professional medical advice. Mm -hmm.